going on, Los Angeles? Welcome in to another edition of the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network. Come at you for a victory Monday. Rams get to six and six after a 36 to 19 drubbing of the Cleveland Browns at SoFi. Great to see this team back. They were in the uh, seventh seed for about three hours until the Packers uh, put on a, I wouldn't say a beat down, but put on a pretty impressive win over the chiefs last night. But that's a, a story for a different day. We're going to talk all about this game, all about this Rams team that has got this city excited again. And to talk with me about it is my main man, Ryan skinny T Anderson. He's our managing editor and beat writer of the Rams put up. Would you put up like 12 articles yesterday on the Rams? You were crushing it over there, but what's up, man. How we doing? Uh, just, just four, you know, I'm trying to hit a level of prolificacy that, uh, is that even a word? Just prolificness. Anyway, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's good to be, uh, good to be with you once again. And, uh, six and six, it's, uh, heading into the season. I said the floor of this team was six wins and they're already at their floor with, uh, with five games left to go. So I think, uh, you know, I, everything is, uh, is looking positive for these guys at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what a game it was. You know, I think there was, <laughs> it's always funny, like being in when you look in like Facebook groups or just even on Twitter during the game. And it's, you know, if it doesn't start exactly perfect, it's like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Terrible. Like fans are like, this is a fire, everybody. And then end up winning 36 to 19. And it's like, man, this is actually a team that's playing pretty well and put up 36 points against the number one defense in football. So uh, a lot to get into. Excited to get in with you. First of all, where's your Charlie Brown tree? What happened to it? I don't see it behind oh. you on your on your left shoulder there. That's a good, oh, it's it's just over there. Apparently, okay. it got moved. Mm. <laughs> it's it's with us in spirit. Okay, the boss the boss moved it. I get it. I know yeah. how that goes. So she has the control. Um, okay, well, how was the weekend outside of uh, football and and the Rams win? How was the can, how was the weekend? Can you believe it? I watched uh, some um, uh, some college football. I don't know if you can believe that, but I did. I did. I went to a bar and I watched Alabama uh, beat up on uh, Georgia in a very exciting game. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I love December in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, it's got all the festivities of everything else. You know, everybody's got the lights up. Everybody's got their trees up. Uh, you just don't have to deal with uh, sliding around on the road and some uh, slush or uh, freezing your ears off or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, fantastic weekend. Very. So you wait till USC and UCLA are done playing to, to start watching some college football. I like it, uh, which this year was a smart choice based on how those teams played. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's LA does such a, a good job of um, festive Christmas stuff for, you know, us not being necessarily a, a winter wonderland. There is plenty to do every weekend. I mean, here in Pasadena, I know you were, you were up here, but they did uh, on Lake street, they did a huge holiday. Um, even on Colorado and one of the alleys, they did a big holiday celebration that they do every weekend, every city it's like, has like something big every weekend. Obviously you can go up to mountains, not too far away if you want to. So we get, we get kind of spoiled here with how much we can do. And, um, it's fun because it's my favorite time of year. So cannot complain, uh, with that. And like you said, it's, you know, it's funny. We left the house on Saturday night to go down to this holiday festival thing and, I'm rocking like a nice like pea coat with a beanie because I'm bald now. So my head gets cold. We got my daughter and her like Michelin man, like parka. And it's like 64 degrees in LA. But for us, that's cold. For yep. us, that's cold. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get to this Rams game, underdog fantasy, you guys should know it well. If you haven't downloaded it yet and used our promo code, what are you doing? 
could have won some money. I won some money again this weekend. It's just a lot of fun. It makes you more interested in the games that are, you're not interested in. Obviously, the Rams game you're interested in, but hey, you can play with players on other teams. Tonight's Monday night game matchup could be a lot of fun. Head to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app on the App Store or Google Play. When you download it, go to make your first deposit. Make sure to input our promo code RAMSLAFB. That's all one word, RAMSLAFB. You're going to get a match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. Put in $100, they're going to give you $100. So now you have 200 to play with. Tons of fun. Pick two to five players. on different. Uh, only one has to be different from the team. You can choose all four on the same team. And you're just choosing over-unders on their, on their totals for the game. Yards, touchdowns, interceptions, sacks, whatever it may be. It's all done at Underdog fantasy rams lafb is the promo code telling the guys the rams skinny sent you 36 to 19 both of us had the rams winning both of us had a much lower scoring game which it was for for a good portion there when it was 10 7 skinny i was like all right my 17 7 prediction is in play and then all of a sudden the rams exploded for offense let me ask you this first before we kind of get into because a lot of good by the rams not a lot of bad but you know there were some drives maybe that i'm sure Fans were a little uneasy about with this defense. What was your thought of Joe Flacco? I, mean, I thought Joe Flacco looked, you saw him playing. I'm like, why did the Jets not call this guy? Some of the other teams that had quarterbacks go down, like, why was he not on the roster giving them a shot? Because he looked pretty good, at least for three quarters. Yeah, it was such a surprising thing to see. Last time we saw him, he was, uh, you know, working with the the New York Jets. And it. I don't remember it ever looking like, like this. Uh, obviously, he didn't... Uh, go completely nuts, but for a backup quarterback that was uh, sitting on the couch, just a free agent uh, out there waiting to be picked up by somebody comes in and, and uh, uh, throws a pretty good game. Um, you know, kept, kept the, kept the Brownies in the, in the game for uh, a, a good chunk of uh, until it all went south, a good chunk of the game. They were, they were right there with it. And, you know, more than they could say for uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker, and even uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson at times this year didn't look like they could keep this team afloat and they were relying so much on their defense. So yeah, you know, good on you. Uh, 38 year old Joe Flacco, still younger than me, but uh, in, in my, he'd be in high school with me if we were uh, gauging it that way. (laughs) He look, he looks way older than you. So you got that going for you. You got that, you got that face that it's funny. My, this is way off topic, but my wife watching, have you ever heard of the show Virgin river on Netflix? No. So I don't know why you would, but it's, uh, I, she watches it whenever I put Mia to bed at night. It's like, that's her hour when I'm bathing Mia, reading her stories, putting her to bed. That's like her hour of like alone time. So she watches her shows and one of them is Virgin River. And anyway, I walked out last night and there's this couple that when you look at them on screen and I don't watch the show, so I have no idea their names. If anyone listening knows, but it looked like at my first glance that it was a son and mother. And then she like kind of saw me kind of watching their interaction, like, seems like a really close son and mother, like very awkward uh, thing. And she was like, oh, yeah, they're like, doesn't that look odd? Like she looks so much older than him. They're they're dating. And I was like, oh, OK. And then the further I looked, I was like, that's kind of like a Ryan Anderson face, how he just looks so young. But apparently he's older than what he looks. I was getting, I was paying you a compliment that here's this guy that he just had a young looking face, but he's probably actually quite a bit older. So you're uh, you're a Virgin River in a way, I don't know how to make that sound not <laughs> weird, but young face. That's all I was trying to get at. You got a young face, which is good. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. In, in my first job, uh, a woman asked me if how old I was because she was concerned that they were hiring somebody that was uh, illegal, illegally hired at a young age. Anyway, <laughs> I'd be curious if you had a lot of facial hair, if that would change, because I 
actually people might not expect this. Like I had a very young face. Like I always looked way younger than what I was when I was even starting college, like before I kind of grew this out. And, but then when I started dating my wife, I was 24 when we started dating, had the beard already. Everyone on her family thought I was 35. It's the most offensive thing I've ever heard. 11 <laughs> years older than what I was. And my wife's older than me. So not only is she older and I'm the younger one, they thought I was seven years older than her. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I rock the, I rock the five o'clock shadow. You know, that's, that's my look. And that's what I did to like prove to people that I was actually in fact an adult human male or not some uh, middle schooler <laughs> trying Bieber. to pre- middle schooler in a trench coat with another guy trying to pretend like they're a human. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Well, anyway, back to Joe Flacco. I'm always curious guys like him, like I can't, he probably was obviously had to stay in shape in order to like pass a physical get on this call. But you know, we're in week 12 going into week 13. It's hard to picture that he was just like six days a week, regimented in the gym, throwing drills. Like I bet he, you know, he was still probably staying fit, like, you know, jogging, but all right. But anyway, let's talk about these Rammies because great win. Like we said in the beginning of the show, back to six and six, back in playoff contention. I know they held that seven seed for only three hours, but Hey, they're in it with, with five to play. Uh, they are in it. And that's the important thing. So as we always do, your overarching just thoughts of this game and this team. And then most notably this, I mean, this was a complimentary football team, football game. Um, one of the most we've probably seen of this season. So just your overall big picture thoughts of this game. You know, it's one thing to put up over 30 points against the Arizona Cardinals defense. It's a whole other thing to go up go go up against the Cleveland Browns defense that was so vaunted, so celebrated this year. People talking in historic terms, and they go put up one of the largest uh, point counts against this defense all season. That's uh, that's just incredible, and certainly not something that we were predicting coming into it. We were thinking, you know, under under 20 points scored for this offense, but man, they just got things going and they kept things uh, rolling with uh, Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua got going again. Just big explosive plays from him, even after he got hurt coming back and just uh, lead blocking and running the ball and all all that good stuff. And and Stafford just having another really solid day of, of really great quarterback play. Um, and, you know, those were the kind of, this was the kind of offense that we were expecting heading into this year where they were scoring over 30 points, where they're able to go toe to toe with some of the best uh, uh, teams out there. And, and this is, and this is what they're doing now. You look at across the league, you look at some of the teams that have just started to hit their stride, you know, 12, 13 weeks into the season, Denver Broncos, uh, Green Bay Packers. It took them a while to get going, but uh, these teams are finding their stride, and that seems to be that's what the mini trend is right now with um, with the the Rams at least is they're able to now move the ball and score some points, and um, that's it's really refreshing uh, to see a, a functioning offense. At least you know I think they played pretty good for all four quarters of it, and it took them a little while to get going. But uh, yeah, what are your what are your overarching thoughts? Yeah, you know it's this is what makes the NFL game so beloved. I think like I love college football. I've gotten even more into college football these last couple of years being so hands-on and close with, you know, UCLA and USC and what the, the USC program's done in such a short time. But what makes college football tough for the casual fan is, you know, you lose one game, your season's pretty much done, at least in terms of like those top tier programs trying to go to a natty 
Or if you're FSU, you lose no games and your, your season's still done. <laughs> That's what happened yesterday. NFL, you can be three and six and three weeks later, you're, you're a playoff team again. I mean, it's just so much parody every game. It means a lot, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily end your season. And you can have a bad loss like they did against Green Bay with Brerup and a quarterback. Everyone thought this team was dead in the water. And here they are, three straight wins, a big win against Cleveland, and they're one of the hottest teams in football. And I think that's what makes the sport so fun for casual fans is it's never over. It's not like, okay, well, the season's done, so why pay attention? It's like, no, it's not. Like As long as you have a good head coach, a good quarterback, and some competency at every level of your defense and offense, you're in it till the very end. And this Ram team proves that, but it's also on top of that, they've started playing really good football as you're saying, skinny T at the right time. Like this is when you play, need to play your best ball is December historically, or not even historically, but just as of late, the Rams have played really bad football in November, winning their final two in November. And then now going into December with the big win, right? As the month starts. So now is when you play your best ball. They did that yesterday. I think you see how important Kyron Williams is. We don't need to talk a ton about him because I know we talked about him a ton last week, rightfully so. But again, another big game from him. Just, you know, McVay said at the beginning of the year, remember, when they were talking about him? And he basically came out and said, like, he's the exact type of player that we want in this culture, in this team, and especially playing the running back position. And Kyron Williams early in the season said, I want to be the type of player that I'll do anything that my coach asks. I'll run, I'll pass catch, I'll pass block. I'll do whatever. And he's doing that. And that shows how important he is to this offense. And then my last big takeaway, and then we'll get deeper. Pukunakua, man. What a warrior that guy is. And just a dominant warrior at that. I mean, he hit. Remember, remember there were talks about it. He was he was slow and they were just they were scheming him open, which who cares? Like that's part of your coach's job is to scheme you open. Yeah. Dude hit dude hit like 21 miles per hour on that 70-yard slant. It was like the third fastest time that next gen stats has recorded this season. So he must have gotten rid of those those monarch cleats that we made fun of and, and put on some some PF flyers or something because he was flying out there going 21 miles an hour on that 70 yards. So Pukunakua skinny T, what a game. Yeah, I did not I did not see that particular statistic, but you know, in the in the first kind of uh few uh drives for the Rams they weren't they weren't getting a lot of things going except Nakua was the thing that was able to uh slice and dice this uh Browns defense so yeah it, it was it was it was great to see him kind of uh find you know get another one of these games underneath of his belt he started off so hot kind of fell back to earth and kind of popped up back in but the last uh couple of games or so he's been hasn't been uh you know bringing hauling in hauling in too many catches or bringing you know logging too many yards, but you know, this one put up a hundred, hundred over a hundred yards, uh, receiving, uh, a couple of good, uh, gains on the ground. He had that one big, uh, 45 yarder come back, uh, cause of the holding. Um, but, uh, you know, on the other side of that, um, you know, what are your thoughts on Cooper cup in, in this game? And, and kind of recently, is he, is he just hobbled? Uh, you know, where, where does he belong in this offense? Um, kind of, uh, over the next few weeks. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, I was going to ask, are you concerned at all about what seemingly the connection between him and Stafford just doesn't seem like what it was? And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was good to see him get in the end zone. You know, still had he led the team with six catches, 
but only 39 yards, you know, very paltry in terms of, of yards per catch. A lot of uh, miscues between him and Stafford, whether it was the wrong route or just the timing was off or what, but it just, it hasn't looked the same as that Stafford cup connection that we've seen. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, it could just be, you know, just still trying to get back into the rhythm. It could be that, you know, you have these other weapons now and, and they got Demarcus Robinson finally involved yesterday, which was great to see four catches and a touchdown. Um, so they, they are utilizing more of their weapons more. So it could just be that, but I don't know. I, I don't think for me, and I'll toss it to you next. I'm not concerned yet. I, I don't think it's, it's to that level where it's like, Oh man, is this like, are we done with this dynamic duo of, of uh, nine and dime as they like to say on the podcast, but we haven't seen it as of late, but what are your thoughts? I mean, is it concerning to you or is it more of just, Hey, they're just spreading the wealth around better. It is a bit concerning to me, and especially in this game, just because it didn't seem it didn't seem like he was himself. It didn't seem like he was the Cooper Cup that we're we've come accustomed to seeing out there. And you know, injuries do mount up, and and maybe he's playing uh, a bit dinged up, and he just wants to be out there and contributing. And you know, he you know pulls attention uh, in the secondary for sure. Still, you got to cover him, uh, even if he's not uh, the same Cooper Cup that we've seen in uh, years past. But you know. Um, how worried I am I? We'll see over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit the panic button at this point. Uh, it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough matchup against Baltimore, which we'll talk more about later on in this in this week. Uh, luckily, that Baltimore game doesn't affect their playoff chances all that much, being a you know a different conference and all that. And but um, you know definitely you know definitely something to keep your eye on. And you know you look at also uh, Higby kind of going down with an injury there. That is a bit more of a, a high yeah. panic situation for me, just because they don't have they don't have a Puka Nakua next up. In who you know who's the next tight end? You know, <laughs> is yeah. Hunter Long is Hunter Long the guy? I don't know, uh, but yeah. that's you know in, in terms in terms of the depth chart, that's just a really shallow really shallow spot for them. And uh, I don't think I don't think it doesn't seem like what he suffered was a long term injury or anything like that, but just another what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear more today or tomorrow from coach McVeigh. Uh, but looked like a, what a wrist, hopefully it's like a stinger in that regard. Did you, did, did you well, hear more of an update? He, uh, yeah, he came up, he's had hand injuries throughout the season, both on his left and his right hand, but this one, he went out with concussion protocol concerns and then stayed out with a kind of head and neck injury. He, he didn't, he didn't go into protocol. Uh, yeah. He had his helmet, so he could he could have gone back into the game, but they kept him out for for the abundance of caution, as they say. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just uh, just one of those that that position group, you know, has always been that kind of red flag for me for the, this Rams, just because they they don't have another answer. Yeah, uh, beyond uh, Tyler Higby, so. Well, and it's it to your point. They 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 finally the last two weeks. Like we've been saying it forever. Like where are they going to utilize the tight end position more in this offense? And it's like finally last week two touchdowns. This week they were kind of getting him on some critical, you know, third downs or some second and longs, and he was able to get some catches to move the chains. And then yeah, I mean we just we haven't seen Bryson Hopkins or Hunter Long play. Like they just haven't been out there. So could it could we have that situation where a guy comes up that we haven't seen a lot of? Perhaps I mean that would be the hope. But hopefully Higby's okay and is is good to go. But but yeah, to your point about Cooper Cup, we'll see. We'll see what he looks like in this offense. He doesn't totally look like himself. I think what's good to see is how excited he is, like for his teammates when they succeed. Like receivers, such a it's such a interesting not just position but personality because you have 
the some receivers that are the it's all about me, the prima donnas, the I need mine, like I need my numbers, yada, yada, yada. And then you have you do it's not just Cooper Cup. He's probably, I'd say, not the normal, but there are other guys like him that are very team first and like, hey, I don't really care that much as long as, you know, our team wins and that. I mean, you see his excitement when Puka Nakua gets in the end zone when he has a big play. You see his excitement when Demarcus Robinson finally got in the end zone and got his touchdown. So definitely the leadership is not concerning at all. That's still there and intact and very much he is the heart and soul of this offense part of that. Um, but yeah, the connection between him and Stafford just doesn't seem there. So we'll see, you know, what happens down the stretch. Cause, cause when push comes to shove, as great as Nakua has been, as exciting as it is seeing Robinson involved, as good as it is seeing Tutu Atwell be utilized more, at least in scripted stuff. I know he only finished with one catch, but he had that deep ball that drew the, the PI, which interesting enough, I don't know if you notice on the statue now, it says Chatarius Atwell. I don't know if he's not, doesn't want to be called Tutu anymore. I don't oh. know, but. Now it says Chatarius on the stat sheet. Um, still, when push comes to shove in crunch time, like Cooper Cup's your guy. Like that's your go-to guy. So you got to see that start getting back to that system. We don't want it to go back to where it was. He was the whole offense. He was getting 20 targets and no one else had a catch. This spreading the ball around is much better long-term, but you still want to have that dynamic connection when those moments like in the Super Bowl happens, when those moments like against the Niners happen, when it's the final drive, and you got to have it. It's got to be cup getting it done. And, you know, we haven't seen that over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, I want to see those two guys, uh, Puka and Cooper, just going, going tag team, uh, you know, on defenses, just pushing the ball down the field. Those, like two dynamic receivers in the same offense. I would, I would love to see the McVeigh just kind of scheming that and, and what that looks like. And what, how exciting can that actually be? And how dominant can the off, offense really be and and speaking of of dominance uh the offensive line held the browns to a goose egg uh in terms of sacks uh yeah. they had the browns headed into this game uh with over three sacks a game averaging over three sacks and this is the very first game that they came up with uh no sacks miles garrett obviously a bit banged up and in coming into this game but uh still a, a fantastic effort and that's that's exactly why this offense was able to uh move the ball like they did keeping uh, yeah. Matthew Stafford off uh, off the turf. Huge, huge on the offensive line. And I, I want to get to the, the defense before we wrap this up quickly. But, but man, I, I want this is going to sound like a jab. It's not trying to be because we cover all the L.A. teams here. But you got you got a feel for Chargers fans, the fact that they took, you know, Quentin Johnston in the first round with their first pick. They took Darius Davis in the fourth round as another receiver. And the Rams took Pukunakua in the fifth round. And not only is Pukunakua way outperforming Quentin Johnston and and Darius Davis, he's outperforming every single rookie receiver. And it just it goes to show that a receiver is very dependent on other intricacies to happen, whether it's play calling, whether it's your quarterback connection. B, it's very it's 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 a huge position of confidence. If you have a lack of confidence in your catching ability and your route tree, whatever it is, that has a huge effect. And then C, obviously, it comes down to you as just an athletic ability. I don't think anyone out there would say that Quentin Johnson is less athletic than Puka Nakua. But man, the the numbers don't lie. And the Rams hit a home run with Puka Nakua. And unfortunately, the Chargers haven't even got a bunt on base with Quentin Johnson so far. So I feel for Chargers fans, and they got to be looking across the aisle here at SoFi, man, like, 
what gives? What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go into the Chargers they, at all. They, they've, they've, uh, they're, they're living in the bed that they've made for themselves, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate to watch that happen. But uh, last big shout out for me for on the offense is on first and second downs. This team was the second best offense in the league mm. last week. Uh, by by EPA per play, um, second only to the, the the San Francisco 49ers. But you know we were talking about earlier in the year. Uh, you know the team struggling on third down. They did that again this year. I think four for twelve on third down uh, in this game. But they were doing so well on first and second down, which is where Sean McVay breads his butter. And those are the two plays that he he likes to scheme up and and come up with uh, good answers. And he did just just that. So well called game, excellent uh, uh, excellent game execution uh, for the players. So uh, wonderful job, offense. Love it. Yeah, thirty six points, thirty four points. They did. There was a safety in there. We got to give the defense credit for that. At the end of the game, yeah. love that you said breads his butter. Um, I know you meant butters is bread, but hey, <laughs> breads is butter sounds great. Um, all right, let's quickly talk to the defense. We don't have to spend a ten time. We can wrap up here, and and you know we'll have more, plenty more content up on lafbnetwork.com. Skinny T here has plenty of articles already. We'll have more coming to you. Um, we'll have some more video content and social, and obviously our preview show for Baltimore coming up here soon. But this defense, man, I mean, just continues to play well. I, again, we said this Browns offense, especially with a Joe Flacco or yeah, another quarterback, was not going to be one that we're scared of, and it was rightfully so. You know, only gave up 14 points. They had their moments of moving the ball. Flacco, as we talked about at the top of the show, looked a lot better than we were anticipating after sitting on the couch for 11 weeks and coming in cold and and looked to command the offense fairly well. So credit to him. Credit to seven. Kevin Stefanski for getting them ready. But overall, this Ram defense played great. You know, they were they were stingy in the secondary they were good against the run which we knew the browns have any success we're gonna have to run the football very well they seem to have one drive where they were very successful in the run on one of those touchdown drives and they really emphasize that and move the ball down the field but outside of that this i mean i believe they held them under 100 yards total uh rushing off rushing defense and uh played played well from kind of top to bottom with a bunch of players standing out just your thoughts skinny t overall on the defensive performance yeah, another Aaron Donald game. Eight pressures, eight total pressures. Um, instrumental in, in uh, instrumental in uh, the last uh, drives, uh, just putting the game away, salting the the drive away for the Rams uh, to win. And then next to him, Kobe Turner. Wow, just what a one-two punch those two guys have been talking about this Rams draft uh, specifically. Just finding an- answers along the de- defensive line, uh, along the offensive line, like you talked about with Puka Nakua and as a wide receiver as well. Um, you know, just a just a really great draft. Uh, just answering all those uh, questions and finding pieces to as starters. So. Um, you know, and, and, you know, a bit of depth, uh, showing some, some depth in the secondary with John Johnson coming in with, uh, Quentin Lake going out, uh, you know, John Johnson coming with a big, uh, INT in the game. So mm-hmm. yeah, just another solid performance. Um, and, uh, you know, again, no, I can't, I find it hard to criticize this team, you know, especially, uh, you know, some of the, the, uh, injuries that they've had in uh, on the defense, Kobe, uh, Kobe uh, Durant kind of playing just a few snaps, not a ton, um, but just really able to make, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep, keep this uh, offense in the game. And yeah, I have no, no criticisms on this side. Yeah. It's, you know, less need will get all the credit and rightfully so, but this scouting department and player personnel department 
deserves so much credit, not just in terms of these draft picks that are showing out, which I'll get to in a second, but even in terms of who they added in free agency before training camp. When you look at Akella Witherspoon, who is just having his best year as a pro and fits right in with this team and is instrumental in what the secondary has done. When you look at on the offensive line and who they added in Kevin Dotson and adding him, and he's been, he might be the best offensive lineman in this unit so far in terms of what he's been able to do in PFF grades. And I mean, he's a guy they're definitely going to want to lock up long-term and you have him and Avila at both your guard positions. I mean, you're looking pretty good. So that, that, personnel department that scouting department hats off shout out kobe turner like you mentioned i mean you never and i'm gonna do it but you never want to compare anyone to the great aaron donald because he is one of one but they found an interior defensive lineman in coney kobe turner that can do things that aaron donald has done his whole career i'm not gonna say at the aaron donald level i'm not gonna say he's gonna be aaron donald as an interior defensive lineman with he got two yesterday and just Unbelievable performance from Turner. Byron Young continues to play well on the edge there. So, you know, shout out to Coach Henny, Eric Henderson. Again, I think he's one of the best defensive line coaches at all of football. And you look at Kobe Turner's quick development, that speaks for itself. So, yeah, I, was, I won't be too long-winded. Ernest Jones, another phenomenal game. I mean, what, 15 tackles? He was asked after the game about the 15. He said, oh, man, I was going for 16. So I love the, <laughs> I love the mentality. I love the mindset, just hungry. This team, ma'am, again, they're six and six. You are what your record is. But seeing where this team was last year to where they are this year, this is a fun football team that has a great culture instilled. You have your, your vets at key positions. Matthew Stafford playing elite, Cooper Cup, little down, but still Cooper Cup. You have Robert Havenstein as your kind of stalwart on the offensive line. You look at Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones, Jordan Fuller, and then you have a bunch of hodgepodge of guys that have bought in, are lifting each other up, playing with passion, playing with speed, doing their job. This is a team that can beat anyone, I think. And that that we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We got Baltimore coming up, but that week 18 game, Niners, Rams might be one for the ages and it might be the game that either gets the Rams in the playoffs or keeps them out of it. And I'm excited. So I, I think there's just a lot of excitement around this team and the city of LA should really embrace what this team is right now. Yeah. Always exciting with this team. Always competitive. That's, that's fantastic. The one, my one big note, uh, special teams, once again, Luke, Lucas has yeah. uh, struggled, uh, missed only one, but some of the, a couple of those other kicks were a little bit uh, suspect uh, heading, heading in the wrong direction. So I'm, I'm curious, I wrote a little piece about it, about what the long-term uh, goals are for this uh, position is, who, who are they going to find? Are they going to find somebody in free agency next year? You know, are they going to go, go through another uh, round of uh, kicker carousel and find another person uh, to add on before the end of the year? Um, but I, I want to see this, uh, I want to see the Rams taking kickers seriously, uh, for the, for the first time since, uh, Greg's Greg's airline, uh, was the answer back then. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, they still won the game. So those, uh, those three points didn't, uh, weren't consequential this time around. Yeah, that's, uh, and we'll wrap up with this. Cause I want to ask you something and we'll, we'll, we'll sign off, but that is the one, I think all of their off season moves have, have seemed to work out. Obviously I know fans are still bummed about the Jalen Ramsey trade. You know, he is as good as advertised still down in Miami, but I don't think it's hurt the Rams in terms of secondary play. I know there's ups and downs with Kendrick and whatnot, but, but overall, I think they're, they're, they're okay. And shedding that cap made sense, but kicker is the one position where, man, 
you would have liked to have seen them pay a little bit more and kept Matt Gay around because having another phenomenal year with Indianapolis, what he had done here had built that solitude, had built that um, that confidence, and and it's they just haven't had that yet again. So my question to ask you to end with this: obviously, long term, they're going to be doing some of this offseason in terms of that room, but. If this team goes on a run, and I, you know we're going to have ourselves, but if they're going into the playoffs and Havrisic has continued to have some struggles, let's say he's got a little better, but you know still missing here and there, do you think they go into the playoffs with him, or will they kind of have another kicking tryout with any free agents out there? That's a great question. Yeah, I think I think they should. I think they should keep their options open um, about uh, you know Mason Crosby's out there. He's a free agent right now. They tried him out when they were uh, looking to replace Brett Maher. Um, you know, maybe having a more veteran guy is the answer at that position. A guy that's been in, in big game situations, been in the playoffs, um, won, won games uh, with his legs. So, you know, I, I think they should keep their options open. This is the third. They're on their third kicker already. Why not a fourth? Maybe the fourth is the this, this is the option. But they started. They started the. You know, they went into the into uh, preseason games uh, with Tanner Brown, and then got Brett Maher right before the season started. And you know, none of I didn't think that was going to work out. And I've always been suspect about a guy like Havrisic who just doesn't have a resume whatsoever. Yeah. So I mean, I would I would say keep your options open. Keep trying keep trying guys out because you can find kickers anywhere. I mean, uh, uh, Justin Tucker was undrafted uh, free agent. Yeah. Greg Zerline was a sixth round draft pick. You know, these like the, that's the weird thing about drafting kickers or getting kickers is like, you can find them. You just got to find the right guy. And I just don't, I, you know, he's missed three, three field goals and an extra point so far. Um, yeah. Ever sick. And you know, that's, that's, you know, 10 points in five games. That's <laughs> two points. A game. You know, the, the yeah. in, in close games and playoff games, that can be the deciding factor. And I would just, I would hate to see that the, the Rams season end in the wild card round on a, on a botched kick. You know, yeah. I would I, like, that would just, that would crush everything that they did this in this season. It wouldn't actually, but that's just yeah. a way to go out that you don't want to see. hundred percent. Isn't Robbie gold out there too? Yeah. Available right now. Robbie gold doesn't have the leg he used to have. Like you're not making probably any from 50, but at least, you know, inside 40, he's, he's going to be pretty, he has the, the resume and the confidence and he's been there. So anyway, we'll have plenty more chatter kicker talk coming up uh, throughout these next weeks and see if that's an issue or not, or, or have Rissick can kind of get it dialed in, but that's all time we got here on the skinny T. Thank you all for getting out with us. Make sure to head to the Rams skinny on podcast platforms like and subscribe go to lafbnetwork.com for all of our ram skinny episodes or all of our los angeles rams content and obviously if you're on youtube rams lafb make sure to hit that like and subscribe button hit the bell so you get notifications whenever we publish or go live for ryan skinny t anderson i'm ryan dyrett everyone thank you so much for hanging out with us have a blessed week we'll be back in a couple days to preview this big game against baltimore be well 